Hello and welcome to the very first episode of War Podcaster. It's a pun, you see. Is it the entire reason I made the channel called Warcaster? Maybe. Who can say? Hi, I'm Pete Quinnell. You may know me from the channel Warcaster and also the Russell Talk YouTube channel and stuff. Uh, I'm joined with my co-host today. It's Liam. Hey, uh, Liam. Oh, hey. Hey, Hi, Pete Quinnell. Nice ha- of you to have me. Yeah, no worries, bud. Uh, for people who don't know Liam, uh, why don't you give a little introduction to the people so they can they can know who you are a bit more. Ah, right. Well, um, I was actually the one to introduce Pete to D&D. That's true. Um, we've had uh, we've played three campaigns together now, one of which was a few sessions, one of which yep. is my session, one of them is your session. That is correct, yeah. Um, and we've played several sort of one-shot things, sort of in regards to like Battle Royales, and then a few one-shotty adventures, mm-hmm. and we our own little sort of like game modes that we invented. Yes. So we're, we're fairly well versed in like playing D&D with each other. Um, I've been playing D&D now for potentially, well not potentially, probably about four years. I think four or three years now is a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been that long. It, I'm pretty sure it's been that long. Damn. It was a, roughly about, yeah, it was roughly about when I moved into my new house. Oh, damn. Yeah, that's that's been a while then. Because for me, I think it's only been... Uh, I think it's about two years. Because you like, dropped off like, it for a while. I did, yes. Yeah. Because it's the first time that Liam came to me and he was like, oh yeah, do you want to get into Dungeons & Dragons? I was like, oh yeah, sounds fun. Yeah. He gave me the player's handbook and I was like, nah. It's a bit much. <laughs> a bit I was much. like, I'll come back to this later. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a bit much. Yeah. But you came back and then um, you came back, you came into my campaign. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, you've been playing since then. And obviously, yeah, we're fairly well acquainted when it comes to D&D stuff and for sure yeah pretty good friends in general I'd yeah, say I'd yeah. say so yeah I'd say, it's yeah. been a few years <laughs> yeah. you know yeah, no big yeah um yeah so yeah that that's uh that's a little bit of history of uh of me and uh, Liam he'll be my my co-host uh, for the war podcaster and for those of you wondering what we're going to be kind of doing in this podcast this isn't a live play of D&D or anything like that this is just going to be me and Liam talking about anecdotal fun stories and discussion points to do with D&D and our experiences with it, things that might be helpful to those who are listening of new players or DMs or whatever it may be. Uh, just fun things to chat about. That's about it. That's that, That's the whole premise of this podcast. Yeah, because a lot of our stuff in regards to what you may see from other D&D stuff where they speak about like, oh, the top uh, just for one I watched just for one I watched last night, the top barbarian subclasses or mm-hmm. the top cantrips as one that may actually watch whoa what's that is that a warcaster <laughs> upload it might be which you can watch at warcaster <laughs> if you haven't seen it already <laughs> but for people who may watch some other youtube channels that list that list off how to perform and what's good and what's bad um a lot of our stuff is more opinion based which is a lot of their stuff as well but a lot of our stuff is more along the lines of rather than being this is optimal and this mm-hmm. is what is useful, and this is what's probably not useful. We'd probably be along the lines of, "I used this once; it was really cool. You should try it too." <laughs> yeah. It's exactly that. Yeah, it's just going to be little stories and like, yeah, just just anecdotes instead of like, "Here's how to play a monk and stuff like that." Because there's, like we said, there's loads of that on on YouTube and wherever else. You can find the information with people who are more knowledgeable than us about D and D, and probably a bit more eloquent. So go watch them instead if you want pro- proper information. But this is just about us and our stories and fun stuff. Pretty much. Um, 
So that is a little brief intro. First, we're going to get into some little discussion points uh, for this. Uh, so, firstly, I'll, I'll start for today. Go for it. So I've got a, a scenario for you, Liam. All right. Okay. I want you to, to picture the scenario. I got my eyes shut. Yeah. Okay. I'm you fully. In... It, it's not. It's not that descriptive. Don't worry. You don't I'm, need your eyes shut. No, I'm invested. Okay. Let's say you've got uh, a sorcerer or a wizard or someone like that, a spellcaster. Fun. Who is concentrating on, let's say, the fly spell, right? Okay. They're concentrating, they're up in the air. Hell yeah. 20, 20, 30 feet in the air. Feels great. Yep. Uh, Comes to their turn in combat. Yeah. And they, and the player that is that that spellcaster, Mm -hmm. they go, okay, I'm going to fly 20 feet over here uh, and I'm going to cast hold person. Okay. Okay, right? Sure. Um... And you say, okay, as the DM, you say, okay, you yeah. roll your save for whole person. Yeah. Let's say the person fails it. Yeah. And then you go, I've, there's two reactions you could have to this to say, cool, whole person's concentration. I know where this goes, yeah. You have, uh, so fly drops yeah. and you fall. And you fall, right? correct, yeah. Or And then at that, that point, the person can say, well, I didn't know. Sure. Can I, can I go back? I didn't want to do that. I didn't realize whole person was concentration. Yeah. Right? At that point, what would your reaction be? Would it be too late? You already said you're doing it. Or would it be, okay, fine. Go back, pick something else real quick. Because I've seen it from the same DM at the same table in like essentially the same scenario, but with different reactions. What's, and I know the the plain answer for this is it depends on what table yeah, you're yeah, at yeah, and who you're course, playing with. Of course, yeah. But that's basically the answer to any D&D question. Yeah, of course. What's the line for you? At what point do you, as a DM, just say, no, too late, you already said you're doing it? Or at what point do you be a bit more lenient and just say, no, that's fine, you can go back and we'll choose something else? Do you know my initial reaction to it? The very yeah. first thing that came to mind when that happens? Yeah. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> my right? initial reaction is tough. And there, and I have a reason for it beyond beyond just being like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> I, I don't have a, I don't have, it's a, it's a reason beyond just being like, ah, oh, well, you know. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. It's not It's not that. My reason behind it is the way I look at it. And there are some times where I would be like, okay, fair, but I'll get on to that. My initial reaction to it would be too bad is because when you are in that sort of scenario and you have to consider the game, like you have to put yourself in the game. Mm-hmm. As a DM, as a player, you're putting yourself in the game, especially in combat. You have to put yourself in the game. It's quite easy to forget that a round of combat lasts six seconds. And even though it is, in its form, it is a turn-based combat, you know, simulator. Mm-hmm. The premise behind D&D, from my perspective, what I believe is that even though it is turn-based, in that six seconds, say you have five player characters that are doing five actions, in the immersive world of D&D, those five actions all happen at once. Yeah, it's not like one person swings and then this happens and then this happens. It's mm-hmm. all five of those things happen at once. Yes, in those six seconds. And then, when you're thinking of that, the way I picture it in my head is if you are flying and then you cast hold person, in that six seconds, it is very easy for a realistic person to get very carried away in a combat situation and not necessarily consider that they're concentrating on something else. And then casting something else. It's mm-hmm. very, in my head, it's very easy to forget that I'm doing one thing, especially if it's something like fly. Chances are, if you have fly, you're casting it quite often because it is a fairly potent spell. Mm-hmm. You cast fly to get up in the sky and be a 
you know, aerial blaster. You cast fly to move quicker than your walking speed. Chances are, if you have fly, you've cast it a few times. So your character's probably quite used to it. It's quite easy to rationalize that your character would simply forget occasionally that they have to concentrate on that fly spell and it's not just mm-hmm. something that happens. Yeah. And even in the situation where they don't forget and they do cast hold person, rather than it being sort of like a punishment thing of being like, oh, well, you forgot fly, so you fall. You can easily spin it into a thing of like, right, well, you really want to cast hold person. You don't mind taking the bump from falling. Mm-hmm. So you make that conscious decision to sacrifice your flight and take the fall for the hold person. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm Generally, I'm in agreement with you. For, for most things, I'm just going to be like, cool, too late. Because I'd give them a few chances for them to realize first Agreed. before the DM would point it out. Agreed. So if they go, I'm casting a hold person, I'd be like, okay. I will roll the save now. What's the DC on it? Sure. Make sure I'm asking them questions so they're still interacting. I'll be like, okay, that's a 13. That fails. And you go, okay. And then at that point, I'd say, right, that's concentration, which means fly drops. That that was just a, a, a scenario. But for, for other stuff like, you know, if a character wants to move away and the character gets an opportunity attack and they go, oh, forgot about opportunity attacks. Um, I actually want to stay there. That's like another scenario where you could just be like, okay, you can... St- Stay there, or would you just be like, "Well, you said you're moving away." Like, sorry, bud, they're already taking the attack. That's a bit different in the sense of I feel like I would play it on a case by case scenario, Mm -hmm. almost like if they move away, and it'd almost react to my own actions. Like if they move away, and I immediately go, "All right, well, they're going to attack you." If they react and saying, "Oh, well, sorry, I completely forgot about that," then I'd be like, "All right, maybe." But if they were, if they role played the whole thing, like I move away, I do this, and I want to do this, then I'd be like, all right, they're going to attack you, and you've done it. If I feel right. like if there's an intention behind it, like you want to move away to do a thing, yeah, then that's when I'd allow it to play out, rather than someone who's just like, all right, I move away, and right. sort of leaves it at that, because that leaves it a bit more open. Mm. If someone's moving away to do a thing, or someone's dropping a concentration spell to do a thing they have a clear intention of mind and the human person is controlling the pc Mm -hmm. they have a clear intention of mind of what they want to do so it's not outside of the realm of possibility to role play it as the character in the game is well aware of the consequences that will happen and is ready to accept that for, for, for fulfilling the scenario not simply just i want to move away because yes. I want to move away. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's yeah. the kind of thing that can warrant a prompt. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really like the, the point you brought up originally about um, it makes sense for uh, your character to sometimes just forget about things. And I think that's something that doesn't really get talked about a lot is that a lot of PCs, they're not perfect. They're not impervious to forgetting things. They are actual characters they have flaws i guess that's more of a a wider conversation but just having characters that aren't perfect i think is really important for not only just stuff like you know they'd forget how to use a spell sometimes or you know that they can't do two concentration spells but even things like you know they they'd forget about an item they have in their inventory for ages because players do that all the bloody time they go oh my god i have a potion of water breathing how long have i had that like just them forgetting about stuff and not being perfect and not doing the optimal haggle with the shopkeeper and not doing all the optimal things all the time 
I think that's really important and almost healthy, I guess, for a, for a character to be. It's like a more, again, I don't want to use the term optimal because that's bad, but a, a for me, a more fulfilling way to play D&D. It's much more, without referencing the actual race, it's much more human. Yes. <laughs> Where you go in, like you like using your example, you may go into a shop and you may go into a shop and just be like, oh, I really can't bother haggling. So just here, take the money. Yes. And you may just, in a combat scenario, be like, all right, well, I'm just going to cast this. Oh, balls, completely forgot. Yeah. Or any sort of scenario like that where, mm-hmm. you know, you may be a rogue and you may be opening a chest. Every now and then you may forget to check the traps because mm-hmm. you're so... And you can, like, work that thematically into your character. You're so preoccupied with trying to get this chest and what's inside, and you're so worried about what's going on in this current scenario. Maybe you're in a dungeon, maybe you're on a... Like, in a forest, or maybe you're in unseen territory, or something just happened that's still plaguing your mind. You can work that into your character. No... No character should be played as perfect. So... Yeah, it may be annoying where those situations happen. Things like taking it back to the flyhold person scenario. Mm-hmm. It may be annoying that that happened, but in a way, I feel like my most like my advice to that would be: all right, well, absorb that. Try and bring that mm-hmm. into your character. Try and be like, try and like outside of combat, maybe reflect on that. Be like, man, I really just lost my call in that battle, or I just wasn't focusing properly. Mm. And then if it's like a wizard as such who do who does get things like fly and hold person or other classes that get those spells, mm-hmm. like maybe bring that back and being like I've completely forgot my teachings or right yeah you know something like that being like I wouldn't have I wouldn't have forgot that kind of thing at the academy right bring yeah, that yeah, into yeah. your character like absorb that and then it just adds another level to your character and then if something does happen like that again because outside of game we are all human as well if something does happen like that again. You have something to stack on top of the first time. It's not necessarily just you being punished. You take something that's happened and be like, all right, well, I'm going to make lemonade out of lemons. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think a, uh, a an example, I know this is a little bit of a tangent from the original point, but I think an example of that, and for listeners as well, this is probably going to be quite a regular occurrence where we actually talk about the campaigns we're, we're in. Absolutely. Uh, because like we said before, I'm a player in Liam's campaign and he's a player in my campaign. Um one of the examples I can think of that is my character in your current campaign, Cormo, uh, who started out as a halfling rogue, mm-hmm. uh, arcane trickster. And uh, the player, me, realized in the middle of a really tense combat situation that I'd chosen some really bad spells uh, that were useless in, in the heat of battle. They were really, really pants at what I needed it to do. Um, and, you know, Cormo nearly died and the magic didn't help him and because of the backstory of the character he'd essentially been gifted these powers um and he was on a quest to find out you know why he'd been given them and stuff like that so i brought it into the character and i said hey man i need to work on more magic like you the uh the the god that had given him these powers essentially kind of almost like confronted them in his own mind and just said why did you give me these powers these aren't good enough. And now he's an arcane trickster rogue and also a wizard because he wanted to just learn more about magic that would actually help him in situations where he would, you know, he'd need more protection or more firepower or whatever it may be. He just needed more, he needed better magic. And that stemmed from me, Pete, 
choosing bad spells originally when I made the character. So I think you can incorporate these things as part of a character. It just adds to the whole storytelling experience, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, any sort of experience that does happen in the game, you, I try and personally remember anything that happens at all, whether it be good or bad, trying to remember at its baseline, while D&D may be sort of like, you can argue that it's a game about math, because it is mm-hmm. rather about math and numbers and being optimal, you can go down that route. But at its baseline, it is a role-playing game. And anything that does happen can have an effect on your role in that game. So you can take that. I mean, even going back to the level of the baseline of your question regarding fly and hold person, pulling it back to another example that's not in our campaign, something that's a bit more wider spread for people who may be watching d and I assume many people who watch this may have heard of a thing called Critical Role. <laughs> Don't know what that is. No, no I never heard of it, mate. Not. No. It's a bit of an, bit of an indie thing. You know? <laughs> so if, if, you, if you know, you know kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll leave that link in the description. <laughs> um, there was a section that I was re-watching the other day. Um, it was during... A particular fight that they had without any spoilers for anyone mm-hmm. that may go back and watch it and one of the party or the party was trying to go through a door there was a door that was closing and the door was closing like quickly it wasn't like a slow thing the dm told them it's going to close next round probably so you had like one round for everyone to get out fair the wizard cast a spell on one of the players and made them big. Mm-hmm. The DM didn't say anything. It was just like, okay, you've cast that spell. They're now big. When it came time for the big character to leave, he was like, all right, you're bigger now. It's going to be harder to get through the door because it's currently closing. There's no rule for this, but it's a very good way of playing it to not necessarily let your party be perfect. Yes. I like them having flaws. I like them doing things that don't reflect the most optimal choice every time. And I like having the flexibility of the human behind the player being able to make mistakes and that still lead into the story of the characters. I think they they just kind of, they have such good... It, it makes it feel so much more... Uh, it makes the player so much more involved in the story when they can see their own influence being reflected back at them with how the story plays out. I think it's just such a great symbiotic relationship between the player and the character and the the joint story that everyone's telling. It it just it just works. So I th- <laughs> I, I think it's really important for DMs because I definitely have a tendency to be on the lenient side and just be like, sure, go back change it that's fine um i was i've changed recently i know you have (laughs) i've changed recently i've noticed um (laughs) yeah i i think i i do need to this is this i basically just brought up this point to hold myself accountable a bit more yeah yeah and just in future sessions just try and try and go into it a bit with a bit more oomph and just say okay once you make your choices those are your choices like that that's your turn if you're going to tell me you're doing something you're doing something like that's that's it no take backsies. No no to backsies. It may it may be a exaggeration, but the baseline premise behind the saying can be applied, and it's one of my favourite sayings. Uh the path to hell is paved with good intentions. <laughs> okay, yeah. And it's a bit it's of an good. it's a bit of an exaggeration, but if you boil it down, 
the path to mistakes is path to, is is built with wanting to do the right thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's perfect. That's really, really good. Um, I don't think I have any uh, closing thoughts for this one, but like I said, I think it's important for DMs to allow mistakes to happen. It just aids a storytelling experience. Liam, mm. what did you want to talk about today? My one. So it's one that I, again, I watched a video on recently and it's one that I prompted to my player group to watch. And I don't know how many of them did, but it's one I'm bringing up with Pete now. Um, and again, a scenario. Mm, okay. A scenario. Yeah. I'm closing my eyes. Here we go. Yeah, closing your eyes. I'm in. You're Cormo. Okay. Rogue, wizard. You know your stats. Yep. Deck's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Everything else fairly average because pretty pants yeah everything else fairly average you didn't roll the best stats no nope. but dex is pretty good like mm-hmm. 18 level it's 18 yeah you're in a town okay there is someone who you wish to speak to okay but they don't want to speak to you specifically because they think you are weak they think right. they think you're not worthy of their time they okay. think that whatever you want from them is above your pay grade and as such you have to persuade them that you that you are quite strong or that you are capable. However, your charisma is quite low. Mm. So, instead of just talking to them and telling them how good you are, Cormo may, for example, dash around the field mm-hmm. or request that the other person try and take a few shots at them and he'll dodge out of the way. Mm. And as such... What is your viewpoint on skill checks being made with stats that aren't made for that skill check? Yes, I know the video you're talking about. Yes. Because you sent it to our group and we're like, hey guys, you should all watch this video. I did. Yeah. I watched the video. It's a very good video. Yes, it's from WebDM, who are fantastic. It's a very good video and it's it's one that I actively encourage other people to watch and one that I want my players to watch as well. Yes. For, for a reason that I'll get onto after your point. <laughs> <laughs> for next session, here's your homework. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah no, I, I, I completely agree. I, I hadn't really considered it at all. There was a few times when I thought, like, that's a bit weird that you can't use other stats for it. Because I hadn't even considered the possibility. Mm-hmm. I just assumed, like, you know, perception is wisdom. Yeah. And, you know, persuasion is charisma. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, I hadn't even considered the possibility before, but after I'd heard about it, I was like, yeah, there have been a few times in my campaign where it just doesn't really make sense to use that specific stat for it. And instantly, when you were saying that scenario with with Korma trying to impress someone, I was like, oh, well, I get on my crossbow and I shoot a target. Like, instantly. That's that's what I do, try and impress someone. Look, I can aim. I'm awesome. Yeah. Um, and that wouldn't be... That wouldn't be charisma wouldn't be at charisma. all. That wouldn't be charisma or persuasion. That no. would probably be a dex that'll, check or dex. some form Just of Just like attack. a roll to yeah. hit like, on that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it would be completely different. So yeah, I, I think it's very important uh, to expand the horizons and not see it as basic as stealth is dex. Because it could be something else. If you're... Say, for example, you're... I think they actually brought this up in the video. Say you're uh, hanging off the side of, like, a cliff or a building or something like that, and you need to stay very, very quiet, and you're just hanging in place, that could probably be a strength check or a con check. That's my favourite one. Right? That's my absolute favourite example they use for it, where 
it is absolutely within the realm of possibility that if you are shimmying along a tower or something and you're trying to be stealthy, being a strong character will help that because absolutely. you are able to hold yourself in place and use your strength to move more smoothly. Yeah, it, right. it just makes so much more sense. And the thing is as well, because you're still doing a stealth check, you'd still you know get your proficiency bonus or expertise or whatever you've got in it, but you just substitute out your, uh, your dex modifier or your strength one and just swap it in there it still works it's just a little bit of extra math and it just makes it much more realistic i guess to have these more multifaceted skills to say that you can use your strength to be stealthy that makes total sense i mean have you ever tried squatting in a field for hours just <laughs> trying to stay hidden like <laughs> god it, it, it takes it out of you like you need strong quads for that so that would totally be like a con stealth check. It could, yeah, yeah. Short story. I agree. To throw a spanner in your work. <laughs> oh, here this, we go. Not necessarily, not necessarily to turn you off your point because I agree. But again, it feels like I'm, it feels like I'm picking on them. Mm. But it has to come. I feel like that part. If you want to do that thing, if you think, oh well, I want to make my perception check but I'm not very good in wisdom, but I do know the area quite well. So I'd feel like I would know what to look out for, like specific predators. And through my studying of predators, I would know sort of their tracking patterns or what sort of sounds they would make. So maybe you could make an argument to use intellect instead of using wisdom. Mm. That's on the players. Yeah, if, okay. If the players, if the DM simply says to you, make a perception check and you don't, argue it mm -hmm. or you don't think of a reason to use something else mm -hmm. that's on you the dm's okay. not there to say to you oh well you could use your strength for it if you've done this that and the other mm. that is up to you that when the dm prompts you because with the with the checks it comes down to what i see in my mind because any sort of checks we have as dms we put a challenge rating on yeah and you take that first word challenge and you are presenting a challenge to the players if they want to come up with another solution, they have to present that to you. Mm. You're not there to think of it for them. If they want to role-play a scenario to the point where you say, okay, well, you can use that. Or if you prompt them, like, make a stealth check, and then they come to you and say, oh, well, if I'd done this for this and this for this, it's almost like bartering in real life or convincing mm. the DM to let them do that. Okay. That's my argument That's with it as well. Because the the instant you brought that up, my initial reaction is, that's on the players. I'm like, is it? I feel like that's more of a DM thing. But through the, the, the course of the you narrative. talking, I'm like, no, that, that is more of a player thing. The only thing, and I, I do agree with your point, and I do think it's very important for players to think creatively instead of being like, what are my stats? What am I good at? I should use that. Right. I think it's good for players to think outside the box and be creative and stuff. The only thing I'd say with that is it could potentially, again depending what table you're at, because that's always a disclaimer you have to say for every point in D&D &D ever. Mm -hmm. um, it could lead to some players being almost a bit too cheeky with it. Being like, oh, well, yeah, I, I am talking to this guy. I am trying to persuade him, but I'm also flexing at the same time, which means he it's strength, right? But he's clearly just done like a five minute speech to him that's yeah. about like that. That's clearly just charisma. Yes. But they're just like, oh, I also did a backflip. It's Dex now. It's like, well, <laughs> it's no. Dis it's discretion. Yeah. It's, it's totally. the context of the scenario. Like, 
for situations like that, if you want to, if you have in mind that you want to make a check of someone, if you want to make a persuasion, you look at your stats, you think, damn, I'm not very good at persuasion. Get to that point. Like, think of it beforehand. Think as you're talking to him, if they're like, you're not very strong, before it comes time for the check, go pick up a boulder. <laughs> like, go lift something very heavy. Yeah. Like, or just like break something over your leg. Everyone has useless stuff in their inventory they don't want. I'm sure everyone has a bedroll that Big you've move. never used. <laughs> just rip it in half. Yeah. I like, absolutely tear it in half. Oh, man. Imagine just being like, yeah, gonna rip it in half. Cool. Strength check. Natural one. Yeah. Uh. That's what happened. Yeah. That's what would happen. I'd be like, use your strength and this will count as your persuasion. Mm. Uh, yeah, no. That's. I really like that. And I I think it would, it's it's good for a table, like I said, to be, to be a bit more creative and try and think a bit more in terms of realistic scenarios instead of looking at the numbers on the sheet sure you could trying to be to get the optimal number by using a different stat that was in quotation marks for for the (laughs) listeners you could be trying to use the optimal number by using your better stat for it but you could just be thinking in more realistic terms while i'm using i'm using my strength i i'm i'm flexing while i'm talking to this guy and i'm a massive goliath that's clearly a strength intimidation check like that that's I'm intimidating from my presence, not from the words I'm saying. Normally intimidation is charisma. Sure. So like I, I think it's if players start thinking about what's my character actually doing? What would my character actually do? What's my character actually good at? Not necessarily in terms of numbers, but in terms of what they'd be comfortable doing in a scenario, mm-hmm. I think that really lends itself to having these alternate skill checks. I I, I just think it's good. It's yeah. It's tricky and it's difficult to think of, but Mm. it definitely, I feel like it's a good way to immerse yourself into your character more, and it's a good way to actually immerse yourself into playing more. Yes. As such, if you know you're not very good with words. It could even come down to someone who, someone in our campaign, who is blind. Mm, True. Making a perception check. Yeah. Often they have to make a perception check that isn't based on sight. There are a few other ways they could potentially do it. Yeah. Yeah. And just trying to get over those limitations or trying to get over ways that your character isn't good. There are plenty of other ways that you can do things. Mm, yeah, for sure. It's like, for example, I, I think we've spoken about this before, bringing up my, my character again, Cormo, the, uh, the halfling. They're um, proficient in athletics, but their strength modifier is minus one. Mm-hmm. They have a strength of nine. Yes. Um, which doesn't really make sense when you look at it at base value <laughs> because athletics is a strength thing. But the way I'd view that is, like, they're really good at bodyweight exercises. Yeah. Like, they're really good. They can do, like, explosive pull-ups and, like, you could argue that's more acrobatics kind of thing. But having the strength to be able to do, like, you know, push-ups and pull-ups and really good, like, air squats and stuff like that. I'd argue that's athletics. That's a strength thing, but it's more bodyweight exercises. They're not physically strong, but they're strong for the character. And that's how they'd be proficient in athletics. Agreed. Yeah, it... There's ways to get around, like you said, there's ways to get around these limitations that your characters have. Um, there was another point I was going to bring up, but I went on that tangent. I'll bring one up. You then. do it. In To bring one to my character in your campaign. Oh, yes. Uh, Thamior, the character I play in your campaign. Uh, he's a wood elf. He's a ranger cleric. And he is very, very... He's not your basic cleric, but he's very into religion. He's very into his, his gods. And he's very into the gods that have given him his powers. However, he's very his stats are pretty good. 
all of his stats are above 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dex and Wisdom are 18 and 20, I believe. Something like that, yeah. But then Charisma is about a 12. Yep. And just how our party... Which, coincidentally, one of the most charismatic in the party. Yes, <laughs> yes. But just as our just as our party composition works and just as our party plays, Famior ends up as the talking role mm-hmm. in a lot of scenarios. Totally. It would not be out of the realm of possibility, for example, in your campaign setting, where the gods that give Famior his power because your campaign setting has one family of gods and that's it mm-hmm. and everyone mostly everyone 95 percent 95 percent of the content uh, content continent mm-hmm. is fairly in consensus and agreement that this family is real they control the world they're pretty real we should love them because they're the gods it's not out of the realm of possibility that if famuel had to convince a group or convince someone that he was doing something in the best interest of the gods and really put himself forward as being knowledgeable about the gods, being like showing that his dedication to them and showing his absolute passion for them and that he's been working for them as a religion check, for yeah, example, 100%. instead of persuasion. Like there is actions that you can do that go beyond talking. If I was to show off my holy symbol and show that I was dedicated to them, I knew the knowledge behind them, I knew the history behind them. That wouldn't be persuasion. I'm not trying to persuade someone. I'm not trying to be charismatic to them. I'm presenting my knowledge. I'm presenting my belief to them and my faith. Mm. That's not charisma. That is, in D&D terms, wisdom. Yeah. That is wisdom. Yeah. In yeah. which case, it should be a wisdom check. I'm not trying to be charismatic. I'm trying to prove a point through my actual belief. Exactly. And you, you could argue, to play devil's advocate, you could argue that presenting those facts in an engaging way is charisma, but the fact that you're bringing up these religious points you're not trying to persuade them with words you're trying to persuade them with here's my religious symbol look exactly (laughs) look at this thing exactly uh yeah and that's more of a religion check and weirdly enough that was the other point i was going to bring up is that religion in D&D terms is based on intelligence which it can be if you've studied religion Yeah, yeah it can be intelligence I don't really buy that too much, though, because a lot of people that are that need to be kind of more proficient with religion or people that you'd expect to be proficient with religion, paladins, clerics, people like that, quite often aren't. Or if they are, it's not still not great because their intelligence isn't super duper high. Yeah. Whereas when you do something like wisdom, that makes so much more sense. It's yeah. not that they're knowledgeable about all the religions of the world, but they are much more in tune with religion and faith. And that, I think, is much more of a wisdom side of things. So I think it's it's really important for any prospective new players or DMs to have that flexibility to say, well, we'll just change it to, to whatever fits the scenario. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing that comes down to, and I feel like everyone who's played D&D would have at least had this thought at least once, um, medicine. Oh, God, yeah. The medicine check. Yeah, yeah. Like, medicine check... <laughs> We know it makes no sense. <laughs> no, not at all. It makes zero sense. Medicine is wisdom. Yeah. In any other game, any other outlet of life, medicine is studied. It is something that people have to research, learn, spend a lot of time on. Except in D&D, it's a wisdom check, mm-hmm. which means it is the equivalent to street knowledge. It's yes. the equivalent to having a good feeling about something. <laughs> and I feel like this will work. Yeah. It's not based on your knowledge. It's about believing that you can do it. 
here. And you can easily change that. Yes. For example, yeah. Like, if someone is dead on the floor and you are trying to figure out why they are dead and you want to make a wisdom check or you want to make a medicine check and you have a character that you believe would have studied some form of medicine or would have studied... You know what? Let's go crazy with it. Okay. Say they died by hellhounds. Okay. And say your character is someone who has high intelligence, who has who knows hellhounds are infernal creatures. Yes. Let's say you're a high intelligence character that knows infernal. So it's fair to believe that your character would have studied infernal. Mm-hmm. If you was to turn around to me and say, "Well, I want to study the study their dead body and see if it was killed by hellhound," like see if it was, you know. Uh, hellhounds inflict poison i believe or some fire something similar poison or fire something similar to that on their bite attacks yeah if you was to look at the body and say i want to look at if these wounds and these marks are match a pattern with how i know hellhounds attack because i've studied infernal by all means make an intelligence check Mm -hmm. because i would absolutely believe that you have studied infernal creatures while studying infernal language yeah and totally, and conversely to that, because medicine is a, a, a wisdom thing, you can totally make it a wisdom check. Because in certain scenarios, if you've not studied a thing, if it's a creature that you've never come across before, and you're like, well, I want to see, like, you know, that it's been doing massive amounts of poison damage in the combat that you've done. You've killed it now. It's dead on the ground. You're going to go, I want to know where its poison comes from. Is it from its fangs? Does it have, like, some sort of organ? You can be like... You don't know. You've never studied this before. Yeah. Make a wisdom Absolutely. medicine check. Absolutely. Yeah. You'd have a feeling it might be here, and you can invest. You can like investigate that by doing cutting it open and stuff. Like there's, it can re- realistically, if your imagination isn't limited, really make any stat right. for, for any check. But I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to write off checks in general. Like no. if anyone wants to make a wisdom check and they want, or if anyone wants to make a medicine check and use their wisdom. Go ahead. Yeah, obviously, obviously, that's the rules. Rules as written, that's what you do. Yeah. But if there was a scenario where you really needed to make a charisma check as a barbarian, I feel like it's really unfair to the barbarian that you are saying throughout the game, you're going to have a really tough time persuading with everyone. Like, throughout the game, you're going to have a really tough time persuading anyone to do anything because mm-hmm. you have bad charisma. Whereas if I was to meet a eight-foot-tall Goliath who had hulking muscles and a battle axe on his back I'd be more inclined to do what he said (laughs) I'd be more inclined to do what he said if he was to like loom over me and threaten me if he was to present like his strong form I'd be be I would feel intimidated not through his words but through his sheer stature exactly and that would probably either be like a strength or a con intimidation yeah, exactly check. like that that's my thought behind it yeah you have to my thought behind it is to take the checks as they happen because they are rules as written mm-hmm. by all means if you want to make the checks as they happen make them as they happen but if someone wants to make it a bit more realistic and someone wants to make it creative by mm-hmm. doing something that may actually happen yeah. By all means, let them like reward that creativity because it will just breed more creativity. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I mean that's a conversation for a whole other day, but about like creativity of players and scenarios and circumventing 
problems in a very creative manner. There's something that's just jumped to mind, which I'll bring up on another podcast, but something that happened in one of your sessions recently. It was a very creative solution that yielded us results that we didn't even know we could get. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Very creative solution to a a scenario, which was amazing. I know what you're talking about. I I, I still sat there the other day like... I can't believe they got the information out of me. I right? re- I really didn't want to give that information up, but they was but the group was the the idea behind it was so good. Yep. And it was so well thought out that I couldn't as a person or as a DM I couldn't think of a reason why that wouldn't work. Right. Beyond the fact of just me saying, no, it doesn't work because I don't want it to work. Right. Exactly. And that's really unfair. That's the that's the same philosophy as I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. This person really thought of a creative check and actively was trying to figure out something that I created, a puzzle. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And it works. Yeah, and there's a great feeling that someone was trying to figure that out. So I was like, oh, yeah, go yeah, on. Totally. I mean, we'll, we'll dive into that on, an, on a future episode. But... Absolutely, yeah. Go, that's, yeah. A, that's a very good moment that happens. Oh, it was great. Thank you for that uh, discussion point, Liam. Uh, we're going to move on to the final section of the podcast today. And this will be a recurring segment for the end of the podcast episodes every week, where what we've done is we have created, thanks to D&D Beyond... Oh, please, get me phone. You should. Uh, please sponsor us, D&D Beyond. Um, we, have, uh, we have created a character uh, on D&D Beyond, and we are going to uh, give some of the important information about that character to our fellow co-host. Do you have a dice? Uh, not on me, it's in the bedroom. Oh, so no. I was going to say roll see who goes first. Oh, that Next would have been time. smart. Next time. We'll, ha- we'll have... Oh, you can roll it on your D&D Beyond sheet. Oh, you can! Sponsor us, D&D Beyond. Oh my Beyond. god, sponsor us, D&D Beyond. <laughs> I'm so smart. Oh god, you're great. Um, anyway, <laughs> we, we, um, we have made these characters. Neither of us know what the characters are. Agreed. And we're going to uh, say all the important things about them, their race, their class, any of the important stats that they've got any background features or um, feats or anything else they've got. And then the other person, taking that information on the fly, has to come up. uh, They're going to have a timer for one minute, and they are going to come up with a backstory and how they would roleplay that character on the fly. Uh, So it's a little exercise to show you guys what's possible just by going, uh, think. And just coming up with stuff on the fly. We're mm-hmm. not saying this is how you should make your characters. <laughs> should probably put in a bit more thought than a minute. But we're just showing you what's possible when you just get given some information and you just go, right, imagination. What have we got? And yeah. you can just come up with something. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, I'm going to roll mine. I'll tell you what my role is. No, okay. mod- no modifiers. Oh. Ooh. Right. All right. Say it on three. Okay. Uh, we'll do one, two, three. Go and okay. say it after go. Okay. One, two, three, go. Nineteen. 19. Oh, we both got nineteen. <laughs> we got to roll again. Insane. Got to roll again. We both got that nineteen. All right, roll again. Here we go, roll it again. All right. All right. I've got mine. <laughs> Same thing again on go. Yeah. Okay. One, two, three, go. Seventeen. <laughs> got a nat one. Nice, dude. <laughs> 17. Okay. Me so, first. So does that mean you're describing first or you're I'm receiving? Giving you, I'm giving you a character giving first. Giving me the character first. Okay, yes, let me, I'm giving, let me get a, a, I'm giving you a character first. Get, get a notepad a up, make your notes as you go along. Oh, I'll balls. do the stopwatch. I'll do the stopwatch because... Okay. I'll do the stopwatch because I have my... Um, I want an actual notepad. 
Well, uh, just well, use notes. Yeah. Do you not have notes? Fine. I genuinely, on this phone, I don't have a note app. Wow. I know. I was genuinely befuddled. I went to go make some notes and I was like, how is there not a note taking out on this phone? It's how terrible. Long, how long did we say? Uh, we got a minute on the timer. A minute. After, okay, cool. after you've described everything okay. and you say, that's everything, start the timer. Okay. I'll give you the character now. Okay, here we Feel go. Feel free to make notes as you go along. I shall. Right. Tiefling. Okay, tiefling. Sorcerer. Tiefling sorcerer, all right. Wild magic. Okay. Level four. Yep. Her name is Lilia. Lilia. Redemption. Lilia Redemption. That is her name. Okay. She has very above average charisma. Okay. And she has above average intelligence. Okay. Everything else is fairly average. Okay. No feats. Mm-hmm. She knows common, infernal, and undercommon. Okay. And her background is, if I can find it, because I can't remember where it is on this sheet. <laughs> I'm so smart. Details? Uh, hermit. She hermit. is a hermit. Okay. <clears throat> so what are you getting? Okay. Three, two, one, go. Okay. Uh, so Lilia Redemption uh, was brought up... Um, in fact, she... Uh, she was. She very much struggled to fit into the society where she was brought up. She was brought up on a coastal town. Okay. And she she really struggled to fit in with the society as she was. She maybe was a little bit um, uh, put out by people's perceptions of tieflings uh, and her being a little bit um, on the outskirts of society. Thirty seconds. Um, but she. Uh, one day she uh, was walking along and she actually got beaten on the street by some people who really didn't like tieflings. 20 seconds. Um, and she uh, encountered from one of them, they dropped an item, which happened to be a ring that she picked up. The ring actually gave her this wild magic power that she's got. Ooh. And she Ten. has now... She uh, really struggles to interact with people, but she understands... Uh, body language and charisma from afar as she's seen a lot of conversations from afar she's very observant in that Done. sense that was pants Done. that was really bad alright I really struggled with that one so as we uh, uh, I don't think did you say at the start I don't know I may have not been paying attention these are what? characters that we already made so these oh these ones are yeah yes. these aren't random ones these are characters that we already made so Lila Redemption is a character I made a long time ago and she is someone who if I ever get the campaign that she fits in I would love to play because mm. I already have a backstory for her and everything which is why I picked her okay so, I like your idea. Do you it's, know what I really... It's a bit pants. No, do you know what I really liked? I really yeah. like the idea that the ring gave her her power. Yes. I really like the idea because sorcerers have an origin of magic. Mm. It's not necessarily... It's not something they study. It's not for a pact. It's not for anything else. It's an origin of magic. Yes. And I really like the idea that as a child, she's picked on, she picks up a ring, it gives her this magic. Yes. And, and especially for something like wild magic, as opposed to like draconic bloodline or something like that, which is a bit more like you're born with it. Sure. Maybe it's Maybelline. Uh, the wild magic is a bit more like chaotic in that sense. So while you might have been born of it, I figured it, it made sense for it to be an item that could also give it right. to her. Do you want to know my character story, backstory for Let's her? Let's do it, yeah. Right. Lydia Redemption. Uh-huh. She's from a quiet village. Okay. She was born to two tiefling parents. Right. The village is quite open with mm-hmm. studying magic and making sure that their prospects who know magic are well-versed, know about it, and know how to control it. Mm-hmm. However, Lilia was homeschooled by her parents. That makes sense. Why yeah. she's a hermit, right? Not necessarily. Not. Oh, it gets. It, there's a bit more. Oh, yeah, okay. Not necessarily get. Not necessarily getting into the school that's nearby. It's not an academy. It's just a school. It's like a public school kind right. of thing. Okay. However, one day her parents get run out of town. 
Right. Like, chased out of town, sort mm-hmm. of like witch hunt style. Okay. Under the assumption that they are practicing dark magic. Oof. Lilia gets left behind mm-hmm. and adopted by the town elder who erupt who uh what's the word for it? Puts her into school. What's the word for it? Uh oh god. Yeah. I can't think of the word. I was for gonna it. say subscribe I was about to that's, say, that's I was not about a word. Su- I said erupt. <laughs> I said erupts her into school. Oh, God. Enroll. Enroll. That's the That's one. The one. Oh, oh God. my God. She, she enrolls We're her. We're hosting she, a podcast. She enrolls her into the public school. Yes. Where she is bullied. Hey, we did she it. She's bullied by the kids in school because of because her parents have been run out. Okay, yeah. And makes so sense. they treat her like this freak because mm. their parents have told because their parents have told the kids that this girl is a freak. Okay. Raised by freaks. Okay. And as such, as she's learning, there's a day where she gets pushed too far and her magic explodes out Ooh. of her and kills <gasps> several of the children in a, in a mix of fire and ice. Mental. The town elder who adopted her and enrolled her into school smuggles Lilia out of town Oof. before she can be sort of brought to justice in the village exactly yeah. and she's told she's told to run not to come back and to make sure that her powers are stayed under control and so she goes to live in the forest leaving signs up warning people to stay away okay that's really good and then my thought process behind that is as like a session one yeah she doesn't get introduced to the party until the party go into the woods mm. and they see this area that's warned off with signs of like don't come near me. Yeah. And stuff like that. And like, go away for your own safety. Mm-hmm. And then she, and they find like her hut and she's there. And then the whole backstory and as it evolves is like, why was her parents practicing dark magic? Is it actually, is she, does she actually have dark magic? Mm. Or is it just magic that she has? And then what's going to happen when some of these villagers essentially try to seek her out for killing their children? Oh. Oh, that's good. And that's why her last name is Redemption. That's spicy. That's I That like was that. my idea behind Lilia Redemption. Mine is not that complicated All right. uh, for this one. This is a character I made a long, long time ago. Right, let me get me notes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, mine is, mine is definitely not that complicated. Oh, I mean, uh, my top note is but... sirloin steak. Done. <laughs> <laughs> not well done, no, I hope. No, it's done. That's good. It's, I'm glad it was done. Uh, right, let me just double check where I can find the features and stuff. All right. Uh, yeah, mine was background was on notes. Okay. Or oh, background's on description. Sorry, yes, yeah. notes is what the backstory was on. Okay, right. So, are you ready for yours? Very ready. You have to get the time on your phone. I shall. Let me just double check that real quick. Get limbered up. It's like pre-marathon okay. stretch. Pre-marathon stretch. Okay, so <clears throat> here we go. I'm ready. Right. Ooh. You are. I am a white-scale dragonborn. Okay. You are a barbarian. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Path of the Berserker. Okay. To be more specific. Sure. Uh, your name is Tolasar. Tolasar. Yes. It's amazing. Tolasar. Got it. Uh, you have uh, pretty good strength and constitution. Sure. Strength, calm. And you have below average intelligence. Cool. Uh, your, uh, your background uh, is soldier. Yep. And your uh, feet that you have is Tavern Brawler. Oh, okay. I like that. All right. All right, you ready? Very ready. Okay, here we go. Go. Okay. Uh, Tolosar. He is from an army 
that was controlled by a white dragonborn. This white dragonborn was almost like a tyrant in a tundra area. They wanted to control everything that was inside this tundra area, bring all of the clans sort of under his command to gather treasure, prey, food, everything else, just to basically serve him and satisfy his own sort of like god complex. And as such, his strength and cons been increased by being this sort of warrior that seconds. goes against other uh, other tribesmen. However, the tribesmen was actually the dragonborns. Uh, the uh, warriors were wiped out by another gang of uh, adventurers. Tolosar was eventually brought back as a hazard of war to a town where he was left in a tavern to his own devices, where he eventually started to work and drank and became sort Five of like seconds. became like a bouncer for them almost and was in charge of getting rid of the riffraff and time is up very nice very nice i like the backstory with the white dragon was it right white dragon or white dragon born that was the tyrant white dragon okay as a white dragon that was the tyrant okay. so like an ancient white dragon was like trying to bring all of the tribes together getcha and cool. sort of like under his command to satisfy his own urges okay that's really cool. Yeah, I, I, I like the, the thought of like the rest of them getting wiped out and him going to the tavern and like working there as a bouncer. That really that really, really works. Um the very brief backstory that I had in mind. <laughs> sure, for this, sure, sure. Um was that uh Tolisar was a he was a very gifted uh warrior. Essentially he had like a clan, mm-hmm. essentially. He was a very gifted warrior. Um, in that clan and all that clan was about was pretty much uh, power is might the stronger you are the more accepted you are in this clan right Um, so he was very well respected because he was a really good warrior very strong Um, all he knew was combat and pleasing the high ranking generals through wars and raids and things like that and he got a little bit um, he's don't say self-centred but he, he very much cares about the perception of other people to him. He okay. cares about what people think about him. Ooh. Because that's all he's known for, for ages. He's like, well, I've got to impress everyone. I'm, I'm amazing kind I like of thing. That. Interesting take on a barbarian. Um, I like that. And, uh, but unfortunately, during a raid, they went into a place that was much more well fortified than they thought. Okay. Tolosar's entire clan was wiped out. Oh, hey, got there. There we go. Got there. Uh, with him being the only survivor from his clan. Sure. Uh, he had the opportunity to stop the raid before he, before it started, but he missed his chance. Ah. And as a result, everyone in his clan was killed. So he's got the guilt of basically his whole clan dying when he could have stopped it if he'd okay. just taken action a bit sooner. As such, he blames himself for his clan's extinction, and he now has completely lost all purpose of life. He's completely wandered. He's got an alco- uh, He's a bit of an alcoholic now. Tavern brawler. Tavern brawler. Um, because he's just he's lost a, an entire purpose to being uh, he's attempting to find a new purpose in life using the skills he obtained from his time as a warrior so he's basically like a bit of a sellsword now um, but he does it very reluctantly he's like give me a job fine don't care I'll go kill anyone whatever don't care Okay. it, it just doesn't weigh on him anymore because all he can think about is the grief from losing his clan that he had okay not so bad. That, that's essentially what the Slightly more condensed and not quite as fleshed out backstory. Than That's you, fine. No, That's fine. We know we both pinned on one thing from each other's. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. We both pinned on one thing. You got the bullied thing. I got the clan being wiped out thing. Mm-hmm. It's interesting how we can both sort of get that one and be like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. 
But even though, what I really liked about that is we pinned on the same one thing, but we took it in completely different directions. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Which is great. So yeah. it shows that even if you had kind of like more cliche stereotypes in your backstory, you can still have a unique story surrounding that. Yeah, Even with a unique thing of like, I'm an orphan. Like, <laughs> cool. How do you want to go about being an orphan? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that Lilia was basically an orphan because sure. their parents weren't around, not that they're dead. Yeah. But she's been without out, them for yeah. a while. Um, so yeah, it's a unique twist in it. I think that was quite good. That was that good. was nice. That was good. Uh, it gives many, like you said, I like the point you made there, where you can take one idea and take it in a different direction. Yes. Particularly the orphan one, where it's very easy to get into the habit of being like, "I'm an orphan. I'm sad." <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't necessarily have to do that. Yes. It's quite in the realm of possibility that you're an orphan, and you just get on with life. Yes. And you're like, you may be an orphan, but there may be a few people in the town who really like you mm. and they just absolutely hang out with you. They're just not in a position to make you, to adopt you, but they make sure you're well fed and they make mm-hmm. sure you're okay. Yeah. You are just still technically an orphan and live at the orphanage. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, live at the orphanage. No. Ooh, so fancy. <laughs> Wish I lived in an orphanage. <laughs> Such a creative backstory in the orphanage. <laughs> um, yeah, no. <laughs> Thoroughly enjoyed that exercise. I was, um, um, when you said as well, as you were talking about your barbarian, and you was like, oh man, my, my barbarian doesn't have any back, much backstory. Yeah. I was thinking I made this whole minute backstory, and then you just go come to me and go, barbarian, go for it. You're just going to leave it at that. Barbarian go for I was like, oh no. Oh God, that would have been so good. <laughs> um, anyway, I think that it's probably... All the time we've got for this episode. Yeah, it's pretty good. The first episode of the War Podcaster. It's pretty good. Uh, thank you very much, Liam, for joining me. Thank you for having uh, me. Yeah, of course. Uh, and if you liked it, make sure to like and subscribe and all that stuff. Uh, this is going on YouTube and hopefully, maybe at some point, to a podcast distributor too. Maybe. <laughs> if you're on other stuff, follow or subscribe or whatever it is you do with podcasts. That would be great. Um, if you like this, make sure to let us know. You can follow Liam on Twitter. Yeah, you can, at Unlawful Exile. At Unlawful Exile. You can follow me, at Pequenel, and on Instagram as well. Same handle. Same handle for you on Instagram as well? No, it's different. Oh, it's, is it no? It's different. It's, okay. I don't know it. <laughs> you don't know your Instagram <laughs> don't handle. Know That's fine. I'll leave it in the description for YouTube. I'll know it for I'll the next one. Um, yeah, and subscribe and all that stuff. Let us know you liked it, because then we can make more of these. I really liked it, so I hope you guys did as well. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next time. Love y'all. See ya. Bye, love Goodbye. you. Goodbye.